this is Bushra, and welcome to Fan Stories Podcast. This is a series of conversations that I will be having with music fans. Now, this is not something that was planned. I was actually inspired by the negativity I got when I tried to tell the story of a famous guitar player. As a rock fan who has been deprived growing up from listening to rock and metal, I felt that I was underrepresented. I don't believe that rock is a place where we should make people feel like they are outsiders when they are trying to come in. In the past years, I met so many people thanks to music. Some were artists, some were music industry professionals, but most importantly, I've met fans, and each had a story to tell, an art to express, a voice that needs to be heard. And I want this podcast series to be the fans' platform. A safe place with no judgment, to share our art, to have conversations, to raise awareness, and to have more empathy towards other fans around the world. Because no matter what our differences are, no matter where we come from, no matter which band we love, in the end of the day, it's our passion for music that connects us. My guest today is a longtime Pantera fan. The 42-year-old Jamie has attended the last Damage Plan show. He was in the crowd when the legend Dimebag was shot on stage. I knew Jamie on Facebook by coincidence and asked if he doesn't mind having a conversation with me about Dimebag and how it felt like to be there that day. And he was too kind to give me some of his free time on his daughter's birthday to have this conversation that I'm sharing with you today. I hope you enjoy this episode and all love and respect for Jamie for opening up to me about such a traumatic experience. I was so excited to have this call today. I even thought like some of my friends there at work, I was like, damn, I'm having this person. And I, you know, because I've, when I heard first about the story of Dimebag, I mean, I've never been a fan. And when I say that, it's because I simply grew up in a different environment. You know, I was in a different country. People don't know about such bands. I watched your video before we we did this. Like, uh, I had already seen the video before I had commented. And I knew, like, the background you had went through and, and the due diligence that you had went through to have a background on it. So... As someone who is a, a fan, you know, I uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'm willing to add my two cents. Yeah, and this makes me happy because I don't, I won't lie. There were some people who who were like, oh, this says a lot about you if you don't know Dimebag and you're doing a video about him, then you are like, you know, trying to get attention through his name. But it's not the case. It's just like I love stories related to music. And when I first heard about this story, it was from a friend who is a huge Pantera fan, and she told me about that. And the first thought I had was like, I wish I could talk to one of the people who were at this show. So when I saw your comment, I was like, oh gosh, I hope I hope this person just accepts, you know, because no matter how I try, I try to tell the story, it will never be the same way as somebody who's been there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how long have you been a fan of Pantera? Oh, uh, I think I first heard Pantera in... 90 it had been my sophomore year so it had been like 93 or 94 uh i know they had vulgar display of power out and um 
and uh, Far Beyond Driven. That was the, the two albums that had been out. And a girl that I was dating had a best friend who is just dime bag fan to the largest. And like that was what drew me to it. You know what I mean? And like it, the, the, the band was awesome, but the guitar, like it just was phenomenal. You know what I mean? And uh, I'd seen Pantera many times. You know, through but when, when was the first? When was the first show? Like, how old were you at the first show, Pantera? Oh, I think I was sixteen or seventeen when I first saw them. Yeah. Uh, saw them in Dayton at the Hera Arena, okay. and uh, it was yeah, that's in Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, they put on a incredible show. You know, that like you could just tell that they they were performers. Yeah, that, that's what I read about them because I read the biography of, of Dimebag and I heard like how they kind of focus on the performance as well. And it kind of, you, you can tell like this is a Pantera show, especially apparently the lighting, like there was so a lot of lighting. That's why I read, I've never been to a show, so I don't know. Yeah. A buddy yeah. of mine, a buddy of mine from Dayton had seen them like 30 times, you God. know? So like, I don't have that kind of experience with them. <laughs> but like, were you... Were you traveling to go see them in other other states or like they came a lot to your city? I never left the state to see them, but uh, Ohio, when I, that's where I, you know, lived at the time, uh, they visited pretty often, you know, <laughs> like they toured very hard. So like they, they were there a, kind of often, you know. Okay. Uh, I, and, and it was... It was like Dimebag who got you into Pantera at first, from, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of, uh, I always wanted to play guitar. But have you ever tried playing guitar? I play guitar now. Yeah, I just, I just dropped my two Dimebag guitars off to have a bunch of work done on them. So, like, behind me, there's, you can see... Yeah. there's nobody who should appropriate like one band or one guitar player you know because there were some people who were like oh you should never talk about Dimebag he's the god of guitar like you should, you should ask us <laughs> well like uh, even the night that I went to that show okay yeah. I was a Pantera fan and I was kind of in the local music scene just because I was friends with everybody that were in the local music scene I wasn't playing music at the time or anything. And uh, the people that, you know, were my friends that they played at the Al Rosa constantly. That was my spot that I hung out. It was right down the road from where I live, yeah. 55, 55 Sinclair Road. You know what I mean? I remember all the commercials and everything. And it was just such a small place. So like you got to meet everybody that came through national acts you know there's no place for them to hide the, the green room is as small as my bedroom you know so gosh you know, like, and you know, so so dime went from playing like arena shows with pantera to playing in those small venues like yeah from what i understand he did uh, a tour of small clubs with their first tour of damage plan because he wanted to or because they wanted to they, yeah, they wanted to, not because wow. they couldn't, uh, they, they could have, for sure. They just wanted to do something that was 
down to basics again, you know? And they just want to do like something like that. And if I remember correctly, I think that show that happened on December 8th, they only had two or three shows left on their tour, you know? And it was all small club tours. They had just been doing little spots and stuff, you know? Okay, yeah, because I, I was like, I read about how he started going to small clubs and stuff. And I wondered like, was it because he was afraid maybe the tour will not be sold out and he wants just to try because yeah, I, I know that people were kind of upset when Pantera broke up and like they're apparently like the fan base also was kind of divided because till the day I feel like there are people who would be like uh, hating on one member or like supporting one member you know but um so I wondered like was it because maybe he was scared like maybe people will not come and yeah. that's why he picked yeah, small I I don't think that guy was ever scared of anything. I mean, he he was a monster in life as much as he was in in music. You know, uh, he he just lived life to the fullest. From everything I know, like I said, I've never even got to meet him. You know, you you, um, you never had the chance to to meet him in person. Yeah. Oh, I, had, I had been there to see him multiple times. I've probably seen Pantera five times we'll say okay and by the time i had gotten to them i was still a young teenager by the time i was able to get a car and drive to a show that i wanted to go to they're playing huge arenas you know so i'm not able to you know i wasn't a cute girl that could slide back <laughs> but like but i i heard like their fan base was like the big majority was like guys were there girls who come to the shows yeah uh yeah there were there were girls there were guys um there was definitely you know a large majority of guys that would be there you know big heavy metal fans but uh you know you i never tried to i do realize that everybody that plays music mm -hmm. is just a person you know, yeah. whether, whether they're large in life, large on stage, you know, I, I you know, uh, I've never been that kind of person to be like, oh, I gotta get backstage and meet the band, <laughs> you know, because I've met bands before and I realize that sometimes, you know, that they are just regular people. And then when you meet someone who's down to earth, they just want to, they just want to be a person. You know, sometimes yeah. they want to that other side of themselves, you know, and not be idolized. They want to be a person. Yeah, that, that's true. And I noticed that, like, even for me, when I go to some shows, there are some of my favorite bands. Sometimes I get to meet them. And I deal also with artists the same way because I see them as human beings. And even like my channel on YouTube was like, the idea was to show the human side of the artist, to not see him as just like, you know, to not put them just on a pedestal and see them as like, oh, this legend and they're human. So I love to tell about that human side of them. And that's why I loved so much when reading about Dime, how he goes to meet fans, how he does those after parties. It was like insane. So yeah, it's true. And I think also artists, like you said, they, they love to see somebody treating them like a normal human. But at that age, I still kind of idolized everybody. And, and at that point, I didn't think like, oh, I'm gonna be able to go meet and hang out. You know what I mean? I was like, there's yeah. 30,000 people in this stadium. I'm like, how am I gonna go meet this you know, guy? So 
you know, I still had big, bright, wide eyes. And then by the time I started hanging out in the local music scene and was actually able to start meeting bands and things that were coming through, I just realized, I was like, oh, I was like, these are people, you know? Some of them are a little more extravagant than others, you know? Some of them have a better time than others, you know? So uh, by the time that they came through as a damage plan, Mm-hmm. You know, I was full blown set on meeting the band that night. You know, the, how, how did you feel when Pantera broke up? You as as a fan, like, did you see that coming? Didn't know it even happened into my own life at the time. You know, so mm-hmm. like I listened to music. I didn't, you know, get into the hows yeah. and warts of what was going on in a band. Mm-hmm. You know. So all I knew is, to be honest, oh, Dime has a new project. You know, that's how I looked at it. I was like, I know Phil had side projects, Super Joint Ritual and Down, but I never had thought that Pantera wasn't coming back together, you know? I didn't even know that Phil and Dime had kind of been arguing until after the Damage Plan show that I went to. You know, like I had looked into things afterwards because mm-hmm. you know by the time I'm 22 23 years old I was I was living life paying bills you know doing yeah. all that and music was a side thing and I hung out with the local bands and whatever came through I was I would see those acts but yeah and at the time I think I think the way to hear about these like reading magazines or I don't know, like hearing the radio about these news, but I don't think like it was like now. Now every news is there. Right. And I've never been a magazine guy. I never bought the, the guitar magazines or the heavy metal magazines. I, I just wasn't, I wasn't into that. You know what I mean? What yeah. I was into is little boozing, hanging out at the local bar that had all the bands coming through you know the columbus had a good music scene so there was multiple spots you could go in town okay and you could see a band every night so at the so, time at the time how do you know that the band is touring <laughs> oh it was very well known that dime was his band was coming through the damage plan you know uh the radio w- played a lot of uh, the announcements for upcoming mm-hmm. concerts and uh, the way that they always advertise for the Al Rosa, they always advertise in-house first okay. and then when it would get close, they would do it on the radio. So since okay. I was at the Al Rosa two or three times a week, maybe not, I don't know, maybe two times a week uh, mm-hmm. because that would be how many shows you know, that I would be interested in. And when Mm -hmm. I would go, there would be, you know, the talk of what's going on. The local bands would know, hey, this is coming up. We're trying to open for them, you know. We're trying to get on that bill and stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, tell me about that day. Like, the way, from the moment you heard about Dime coming with Damage Plan for that show to when you are there to everything, just tell me about it. Ah, man, like my story, that's where my story starts to get kind of lame. I pre-gamed, pre-gamed a lot that day. I I was drinking, was thrilled that it was going to happen. I had to work that day, 
So when I got off of work, I just literally went home, cleaned up. Me and my roommate started drinking a little bit, pre-gaming. Uh, I didn't know who was going to be opening that night. I showed up late. I showed up 10, 15 minutes before the band went on. Like the support band plays? Uh... Before, before Damage Plan went on. I showed up. I literally missed every other band that played that night. Okay. <laughs> showed up and showed up just for Damage Plan. Okay. Uh, do you remember who were the bands now? Like, do you know now who were the bands who opened the show or not? No, I don't. I, I missed it and I've never even looked into it. Here's what I do know. Ministry was playing across town and I was trying to convince my buddies into coming to the show at the Al Rosa and they said, well, my one buddy was a huge Dime fan. Like, he had all the home videos and stuff. And we would sit around and watch them all the time. And, and he said, man, I'm not going to go because I've seen Pantera so many times. I've seen Dime so many times. He's like, I've only seen Ministry a couple. He's like, I'm going to go see the Ministry show. And he went to the Ministry show. And then I went to uh, the, the Damage Plan show. So it was... I, I literally didn't have like any lead up to it. Like mm -hmm. I literally went home, grabbed a couple drinks, then went late to the show because I wasn't really worried about who was playing earlier that night. I went to go see Dime. Yeah. And I didn't even really know that much about Damage Plan. I only knew the few songs that they had played on the radio. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of leading up to it. It wasn't very exciting <laughs> yeah but like you you were able to get to the first rows or you were in the middle the end by the end of the whole i was i was front left side of the stage uh because on the left side of the stage there's a set of stairs that go up mm -hmm. and then there's like a landing and on that landing is sometimes they have it blocked off if there's a big act they'll have you know their mm -hmm family their videographers um people they just don't want coming up there randomly mm -hmm. you know? but the thing about the al rosa is the stage isn't very large maybe 20 25 feet deep mm -hmm. maybe 40 feet wide at most you know? yeah and that's really probably generous um stage is maybe a little bit past my belly button real low stage oh okay it's very intimate so like when i say you're up front the stage nothing stops you from getting on that stage the only thing that stops you is your upper body strength you know if you can't pull yourself up there you like you can probably roll if you needed to yeah it's very accessible anybody can go on the stage yeah and i've been on that stage many times just to dump off and crowd sit. you know like when i was that age I didn't weigh very much you know I was pretty skinny so when I crowd surf it wasn't a big deal so I did it quite a few times uh some bands didn't mind you getting on stage you know damage plan I think would probably have been one of those because when they when they were smaller club bands you know in the early 90s I I think lots of people used to get on those stages and do that and i think that's kind of what they wanted to do with damage plan was to have that intimate setting so when uh the nathan 
I don't even like using his name, but when he got on stage, the shooter. The, the shooter's uh, name is Nathan? Nathan Gale. Okay. Uh, he, he went on stage, left of stage, kind of right in front of where I was. Yeah, because this is the detail somebody like told me in the video, like, the way I described it, from the way I understood it from the story, I thought like he tried to jump off a fence and then I, I thought I imagined the scene as if he got access to where the other fans were, like the crowd, and then he got on stage, but it wasn't the case. So here, here's the deal. When you first walk in the front doors, yeah, there's a bar to the left and directly in front of you is a set of pool tables. Mm -hmm. two or three I, I can't remember it's been a while um but there's like a waist high little bar that goes around it that says this is it's a pool table and then there's a door that goes outside once you go outside that door there's a patio and on that patio there's wood fencing that goes all around um i i've heard different things about he jumped the fence or whatever. I don't this know if he bought This is the thing is like every, I've read different sources that I was lost in the information. And I was like, damn, how would I ever know that what's really happening? Like there's no way, like for you, for example, when you were there, you didn't see him coming. I've never seen him. Yeah, I never seen him at all. You know what I mean? Like only thing I saw was when he came directly across the stage. Gosh, so it seemed as if he just got on stage and that's all. Yeah, because um, the way they usually have the stage set up on stage left and stage right, they have your speaker tabs on stage right. There's the mixing board mm -hmm. and there's a door that goes back into the green room, which I said is smaller than a usual bedroom. Yeah. And on the left side of the stage where that deck is, it's usually closed off. There's a door that goes to outside that goes. Mm -hmm where all the bands load in and out. Okay. You know? So barrier, like a little wood okay. fence barrier, you know, so everybody has an area to go to. And then there's steps down in the middle that goes down to a lower floor where it goes up straight up to the stage. So there's no barrier between you and the stage. So, I mean, you can literally go right up and you can sit with your chest right there on the yeah. stage. And, uh, that's that's the the layout of the place. Yeah, and it was it all happened like so quick. I imagine because yeah, um, I didn't really see him get up on stage or anything like that. Uh, he just came across stage, and when he got close to dying, he opened fire. Now, where some people. Uh, you know, you would think that he's just on stage because he's going to stage dive. He's yeah. just the first one to do it. But uh, I guess from what people had said that like he did it with purpose, I saw him at the last second because I just wasn't paying attention to it at, at the time. Uh, and then you heard the initial shot ring out and he shot a couple of shots pretty rapidly like one after another. Uh, one, of the one of the most distinctive things I remembered was just the amount of noise that came through the speakers. 
uh, not gunshot noise, it's guitar noise. Um, now that I play guitar, yeah, I know that Dime played with gain turned all the way up. Like every bit of distortion he could use, he used it. And I, when his guitar and him hit the floor, the guitar hit and it just made this horrible noise. Oh gosh, it was just ear piercing through all the speakers. Some people thought it was part of the show, you know. Uh, I know what gunshots sound like, you know, and I kind of knew what was happening. Gosh. Uh, so such a horrible moment. I mean, to like, I can't even imagine it, especially like for some people it must be like, a what the fuck moment? Because you, you have no clue what's going on. You see this guy on stage, you hear a gunshot and you hear this sound of guitar and you are like, what's going on? Yeah, some but people were cheering and then there was a lot of people that also knew what had just happened. Oh uh, I immediately turned and tried moving through the crowd because I was up front. I don't want to, I don't, I didn't want to be anywhere near it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I had a good idea of what just had happened. Um, <laughs> there was a couple other gunshots. Yeah, this uh, is the thing. Probably. He turned around like to, to shoot the people in the crowd or no? I had my back, I had my back turned at that point. Um, had a general manager from a restaurant that I'd worked with that knew him and mm -hmm. we had talked before. He was like, oh, do you know Aaron from, I guess after he had shot a couple times. So he, I guess was reloading or something when uh, somebody tried to get, attack him or whatever. Um, I know that he had shot a couple more times. And at that point I had turned to see, you know, where is he shooting? Uh, but it was like, everybody was just trying to go the other way by that point. You know, everybody's trying to rush towards the front. Uh, like people were trying to, to, to go outside, you mean? Or there were people yeah, trying to kind of see what happened to Dime or I, I don't know. No, there was, there was a couple of people that were in the crowd that tried to, you know, figure out if they could help out. But I think once uh, once more shooting had started happening, I think that it stopped because people on stage that were trying to do stuff weren't able to stop him either. Yeah, were, were there fans who died as well? Yeah, I am not sure on that one. I do believe I I've met some people that have been shot. I know that he had he had taken uh, somebody hostage on stage and had the gun to them. Uh, the response time from the cops, incredible. Uh, the officer that showed up, he uh, he came in through that back door where the band's loaded. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, it all happened so... Quickly. Yeah, but it seemed like an eternity once you got to try to move. When you tried to go, yeah, it's just a bunch of people place was packed you know uh, nobody's going anywhere you know so uh, you know everybody's kind of trying to move that one direction and you're just hearing oh you know, and, and it's you know and you're just hoping that you don't you know shot the shot 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the next thing that I honestly remember was hearing a different gunshot, you know, and that was the officer, uh, Officer Niggermeyer. And he, I had, I guess, had come through the back. Mm-hmm. I've seen video of it now, you know, like looking at it. Uh, it just shows where he came through the one entrance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show anything more than that. But uh, it was a big boom that it went off. And in that boom, uh, that's when I turned. And that's when I realized that there was no more shooter. He like he was on the ground, you know. You could uh, you could see him from like when he turned back. You 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 saw that what I happened? Couldn't see, I couldn't see him standing anymore. Okay. I couldn't see him. Yeah. Standing. I, couldn't, I turned back and I I could see a police officer, and I could not see him anymore. That was that was the extent of it. Like, yeah. I, my story isn't great for what I saw because I tried moving forward the other direction. I wasn't a hero or anything. I uh, yeah, but like, I, were, like were I, there were there fans who actually sh- saw when that guy should shot yeah. dime or or the way he was standing on stage was like. Not like you can't see. I don't know because how he went. I, I, I do. I remember this. Dime was head over playing. Yeah. And while he was like that, that's when he was shot. Like he didn't know it even happened. He didn't know it was coming. This gives me like, comfort to know that he, he didn't see it coming. He was bent over with his hair down, just getting it. And then he went from that to just straight to the floor. Gosh, dying, doing what you love. I think this is this is what happened to him. But I mean, I'm at least when I think about it, I'm like, thank God he didn't see it coming. At least he, I don't know, he just died doing playing guitar. He didn't see, he didn't have that fear. He didn't see that crazy guy coming to kill him. I feel bad for Vinny because Vinny sat there and watched it. You know what I mean? He sat there on drums, his brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from, from what I was told, like, he was trying to climb across his drum set to get towards his brother, and everybody was trying to hold him back. Uh, like I said, that's something else. I it, Like, that's why I say my story is boring. You know, like, it is I'm, not. It, it's not because this is not the kind of stories that it's entertaining or boring. This is. I don't want. You know, this isn't a story about me, and I. I definitely don't want it to be a story about. This is the, the thing I wanted. I wanted some somebody who lived the event to talk about it because this at least would give it a bit justice because I can describe it and I don't want it to be like something. Oh, look at this event that happened. Everybody knows about the death. I mean, the way this happened in itself is like crazy. So I'm not looking for something like entertaining. I'm looking for something real that happened. I I really wanted like to see to talk even in real life. I was like, gosh, I just hope I can one day meet one of these people just to talk to them because I can't imagine for me music means everything to me so to see one of my artists or to be at the show where one of my favorite artists or musician dies even if I don't see that 
that alone, I'm like, I can't leave after that day. So for real, like for people who survived that event, because to me, you or anybody, like even if you were not like shot or close from this like stage or whatever, you were, you survived that event because nobody knows who that crazy guy could have shot because he was just like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the most sad. It was one of the hardest things ever. You know what I mean? Because like it was fun thing to be like i can't wait to go see dime just you know what i mean put on a show and yeah. you know and uh and, and it was it was it all happened within the first song i heard or because you told yeah, me like you came to the show 15 minutes late it was within the first minute and a half you know minute minute and a half i mean it happened like at the very beginning I mean, the very beginning. Uh, by the way, do you know the term get you pull? No. Okay. Look, like, look into some dime stuff. Dime said get you pull all the time. He was a whiskey drinker. And uh, this is. For dime. <laughs> I, I heard he, he had like a, a very like black tooth green, his that's, favorite. That's, that's what I just drank. Okay. Yeah. Because I heard he made that. It's a double shot of whiskey with just enough Coke just to make it turn black. And he called it a black tooth grin. Nah, that was, that was for him. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, this is great. At least like there is, I, I mean, still he, he left so many good memories and I'm glad to see like there's so many people telling those cool stories about them meeting him or stories about him. So at least people won't just remember him through that event because unfortunately, like when I write dime bag yeah. online, I see lots of people just talking about the death, the death, the death. And that's probably why I was like, oh, I want to do a part where I talk about his life and not, I don't want to just talk about the death, you know? I didn't want this interview to focus uh, on me at all, but I also didn't want it to be any kind of a glorification of the, that event, you know, I mean, in a yeah. way, right, because I mean, there's so many people, like, look how many dime bag groups there are on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm aware he's, he's a legend, so of course there were, there will be thousands of people out there, but like, it's different to me, it meant a lot to talk to a fan who've been at that show to kind of like you know just describe how it felt like to be there or to know also how did you deal about with with it later because this is important i can tell there would be many okay. people would love to to hear about this because this is one like if somebody asked me what would be your worst nightmare in life that would be it like to to be at such a show and see one of my favorite artists die or be at the last show of an artist, you know? So how did you deal with that after that event? Um, it was rough, but like, I'll be honest, I had some other things in my life that were pretty horrific. Mm -hmm. And in line with what had happened that night. So I had kind of just, didn't know how to process it but at the same time like I think I just kind of didn't deal with it like a denial phase yeah kind of uh and to be honest like I go to therapy now for PTSD you know and yeah. that and when, when they put you in a clinical setting 
Mm -hmm. They want to know what traumas you've been through, you know, and I've been through two situations like that. So, and uh, with that, you know, I, I just, I guess I just processed it like something that is already happened and just uh, kind of buried it down, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, I'll be honest, you know, those are things, however many years later, you know, that you you definitely realize you didn't deal with healthy. That's the, that's trauma. Trauma, you sometimes think you go over it, but it comes and hits you when you least expect it sometimes, or you get triggered by something you didn't expect, you know? So that's why, and I'm sure like there are many fans who, who went through similar thing as you, or I heard about the police, police uh, man who killed the shooter. Yeah. Uh, I heard that he really had a rough time after that. Like apparently his entire life collapsed. Yeah, he quit the uh, he quit the force. Um, have you have you seen the video of the Al Rosa of that where? event? Yes. I no, I didn't want to see that because I was like, I don't know what show, to expect. I want I don't want to remember that. It doesn't. It doesn't show it. But okay. what it does show is it shows uh, the officer walking off stage. Mm-hmm. Cam, and you can see him as he's walking off stage with that shotgun. He has it in his hand, and he's crying. You know, and this oh, gentleman shit. who's next to him says, "Hey, man, you did what you had to do." He was like, "You just saved a lot of lives," but you can just see it in his face as he's. I'm not crying now. <laughs> you can yeah. see it in his face that. Like he's broken because he's he just had to take someone's life over it. And yeah. It, and it really messed like you should it's on YouTube. You should at least see that. So I will I will check it out. You should so you can just at least get a perspective of how that officer felt. Because yeah. that officer knew what he had to do, but at the same time, it He's a human being after all. And this is the thing. That's what I found like captivating when I heard about that officer because like we hear often about officers like doing their jobs. Like they can shoot somebody. They can kill somebody. Like I rarely hear about this, like how it can affect them. And it's really like I was... I was really shocked when I heard about how it affected him, like from him not being able anymore to do his job. And then like how he suffered, struggled with PTSD and like apparently like till now he's still struggling. I, I heard recently, I, I heard an interview of the, I think the videographer, videographer of Pantera, he talked about that, I guess. So recently pretty like he met somebody who knows that policeman and they told them that, yeah, he's still struggling with that. So it's crazy to see how this yeah. event affected many people. He didn't, yeah, he didn't want to be a cop anymore. Like that he, 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 like this says something about his character. Mm. He signed up to protect others' lives at any means necessary. And yeah. when he had to do it, there's nothing there's nothing glorifying about his job, you know? Like, sure. so, 
Yeah. So, uh, like that's that's something that is incredible, you know. And uh, were there any like tributes that happened in Aunt Rosa for for dime later? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, for uh, for sure, there was multiple. There's a couple vigils, you know. And now, uh, here's something I do know. So I told you about the Facebook group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should ask. I'll I'll uh, I'll send you an invite so that you can you can get in it. Um, Thank you. One of the admins mm -hmm. uh, plays in a band, and he played in Columbus yesterday at mm -hmm. a festival. He's a huge. Obviously, he runs a dime bag group, and uh, he was at the Al Rosa yesterday. Or whatever day it was, and um, there's a, there was a huge stone that was out front forever, you know, mm -hmm. and now it's all spray painted with a CFH for Cowboys for Hell on it. Mm -hmm. Dumbbag, rest in peace. The building's got tags all over it from where people have sprayed on it, but like it, it has been sold. My uh, one of my friends' fans was supposed to play the last show. Before mm -hmm. they sold it, and COVID ended up canceling it last year, so the building is still up. I have pictures of it, and he's posted it in that group where you'll be able to. Oh, see I it. will check them out. Yeah. Uh, and if you'll even look, like he has Dimebag's uh, signature guitar, the Dean from Hell, and he's got that sitting in front of the the stone, and he, they they took pictures of it and stuff. So it's, you know. Yeah, I would check that out. I would love to, to see that because, but like now it's no longer a venue, like since they sold it. No, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I also live in South Carolina now and, you know, that's up there in Columbus. Okay. So like, I, I kind of, I didn't even know if it was standing still. Oh, you know? okay. And, but when I saw he posted pictures the other day, I was like, oh, and I know in that uh, post that you originally sent me a message on where I said I would love to go up there with a sledgehammer and just knock a brick out of the corner of it like I do not that yeah. stone like of the foundation it's just it's a red brick foundation oh, it's got a sign yeah. up front it says Al Rosa Dillon it would have yeah. uh, it'd have a little marquee where they'd be able to put three bands only on it and then uh, I know this doesn't matter it's just a funny little anecdote of something I remember uh, the radio station there, 99.7, The Blitz, uh, I don't even know if it's called that anymore, but all of their uh, advertisements go, uh, this is Rick Catella from the Al Rosa Villa. Rick Catella is the guy who owns it, you know? And, oh. and then he would go through like the, the list lineup, you know, and that's how you would know who was playing that night. This is so cool, gosh. So it, yeah, yeah. I wish I was born earlier. <laughs> I wish I was born earlier just to to witness this. I'm 25. <laughs> 25. All right. So so <laughs> when you were telling about your first time back show, when you first continue show, I was like, gosh, I was probably not even born at that time. <laughs> I was I was born in 79. Uh, I think I seen my. So I'm 42 now. I, I've probably seen my first show. It was like probably 92, 93. 
you know, 94 at the latest, you know. Yeah. That's that's amazing. It was it was such an era. Like I I love hearing just about like the way tours were happening in the 90s and, and the way they were promoted for the shows. It's just, I don't know, it has different days. Like I feel I feel like I just wish I could go back and even that era for like a few years and then come back, <laughs> you know. You know, I do the same thing for the era before me. You know, I wish I could have seen Def Leppard when they were, you know, hot or uh, or uh, Iron Maiden, you know, and Ozzy in, in those early yeah. years. Uh, funny story, the next door neighbor uh, from me, he used to, I, when I was a little kid, I couldn't have been more than eight or nine years old. And I remember my best friend living next door and his older brother, he was a uh, metal head, you know, Metallica posters, Ozzy posters, yeah. you know, he's shredding in his room, you know, and I, I remembered that and I remember the first time that he came down and uh, he, he just was like beating the hell out of both of us, me and, me and his little brother. And the whole time he's doing, he's doing it to Metallica in the background. You just hear, Master, Master, where's the dream that I've been after? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, who am I getting my ass kicked to? You know? And then later on, it's like in the 90s, and I was like, oh, that's Metallica? I was like, oh, how cool. You know? <laughs> just like to step back in time to be like, yeah. I could have been there. Just like I, you know, just like you wish you could have been there. It's we'll always want to yeah i think yeah, we all have that that's true <laughs> it's really uh like i like to make conversations with people like yeah. there is really i know like some people found that weird for them like to imagine why would somebody who's like an outsider of our community be interested in this story you know and for me it's just literally like that i go and read about artists that i'm not necessarily fan of just because i found like because like, I can have the respect, for example, now when people tell me like about Pantera or like, I love listening to some songs of Metallica, for example, but like, I'm not like a fan. I wouldn't say like, I'm a fan unless I know all the records, you know, like I can really be into, but I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a fan just because I know one or two songs. But like, I can respect the legacy. Like, you know, I know that this is legendary, legendary band. This is like an amazing artist, you know? But sometimes I get just really interested in the stories and it just, I think music connects everybody. I don't like, for example, now talking to you, I feel like we are just fans of music. It doesn't matter like, okay, for you, it's like Pantera and Damage Plan, Dimebag. For me, it's like other bands. But like in the end of the day, we can understand this passion because we are just music passionate and as simple as that. Well, music is a universal language. Exactly. Know? Yeah. I mean, there's only so many notes you can play, you know? Totally. And that's why I'm like, I found it funny. Like when I got like, maybe this part, I will cut it. But like I really got like a few comments on other Facebook groups. Somebody was like, oh, the fact you don't, you didn't know Dimebag since 2019 says a lot about you. And I'm like, what, what does this say about uh, no, me? Because <laughs> no, no, I, 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 that's the first thing you wrote in the comment before you posted your video, you know, and it's, you said, hey, I know I didn't hear about him until 2019. You're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> because because i was i was just trying to be honest because i don't want people like to think oh who she like 
why is she talking about them? Like she, she bit or she doesn't know this info or whatever. Like I'm honest, like, I'm just like, hey, I'm an outsider in this. I'm trying just to connect with these people to know how these fans were thinking or, you know, like what were their stories. I just love that. I love even hearing stories about like fans and, and other bands that I'm not necessarily a fan of, but still I'm not like saying that, oh, I don't like Pantera. It's just that I didn't grow up listening to them and nobody well, told me about them in the past. You're, you know, you're a different age. You have an age gap. You know the I mean? age like, and the background as well, because if you go like, gosh, if you go like to North Africa, like people think, still think to this day that those who love like rock or metal, then they are like, they believe in the devil, you know? Yeah. Like that, really, it's it's really different mentality there. That's why I understand, like, that's why I was trying to be understanding. I'm like, okay, I can see people in the US, especially who've known Pantera for them. Like, it's just like, they can't think how how didn't you know about this arts before, you know? But like, if you go overseas, not everybody knows these bands and not everybody, even if we hear about the band's name, we don't necessarily know much about them. For example, I've heard about Pantera maybe since 2017. <laughs> Pantera, the name, you know? Yeah, right. And I didn't know Dimebag, like the name Dimebag, I've never heard about it. It's just like that because we don't even have like YouTube, for example, we had it only in 2011 because we had like a dictatorship. So no YouTube, no daily motion uh, content was like everything was like restricted, you know? Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't imagine like I take a lot of things for granted that I've grown up <laughs> with. And like now that I'm on the Internet, and I talk yeah. to a lot of people and. Like uh, I play, like I said, I play guitar, and I, I bought a guitar pedal that was custom built from a guy in the Philippines that I met on Facebook. You know, so it's like when he, you know, I, I was trying to send him messages, he wasn't answering me, and I'm like, I just sent this guy money. You know, you know what it was? Yeah, he got his cell phone stolen, and he had no access to internet. You know, so it was like. <laughs> He hits me up. He's like, I've read your 15 comments. You know, he's like, I'm sorry. I haven't been able to answer. And I'm like, no, I just, you went dark for like two months. You know, he's like, he's like, yeah. and he's like you know how hard it is to buy a phone in the Philippines? I'm like. Yeah. It's, it's crazy when you get to know more about like the other countries. I, even me, I still get like surprised by discovering new things about other people because I moved to Europe. So like it allowed me to know like different cultures and stuff. But yeah, it's also, it's funny when I first started meeting American people through music, like the bands that come to Europe and stuff. And I, I, I always find it funny how they get surprised about the things that I tell them, like that happened in North Africa, you know? It, like for me, for example, like the fact how people still think it's the music is devil. I wasn't allowed to listen to rock music. Like I was hiding some songs on my phone. I swear. So that gives you like an under. So people who don't know me, it's easy like to say, oh, okay. Now you just heard about Dimebag and you want to make it. A video about Dimebag, but I'm like, I'm gonna do videos about like different arts because that's what I love, you know, and um, that's simple as that. But like, really, I've read the biography, I've read interviews, and I was like, I, something is missing. Is really having people who, who are fans who tell me directly those stories. And I have like a friend, as I said, she's a huge fan, but she's a European, so it's not the same. It's not like those American fans who've known Pantera since the beginning and who went to the first shows. And that's why I really loved like having this 
conversation, you know, I'm, it's just like conversation of music passionates and it's so fine if I'm 25, if you are 42, I'm learning from you and from like got to understand how crazy it is in North Africa. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, this has been, this has been cool. Thank yeah, you, definitely. really, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you just taking the time and on your girl's birthday and having this conversation, it was really, I was inspired by some fans who actually sent like showed some pictures of, of them with dime to just add like tribute parts, you know, with these pictures and as simple as that. It's just, it was, I felt literally like living inside his life, you know, like researching this story for weeks. It's, it's, there's a lot also online. So sometimes I have to go check what's right, what's wrong. And um, I love this story. I really, um, I feel like, I'm like, I love this dime back, you know, I love him as if I've known him just because I read a lot and I heard a lot about him. He was all, like all the home videos. Like, have you watched the home videos? I, somebody sent me uh, a link on YouTube and I uh, saved it to watch it actually for like this week. Uh, he sent me, I think part three or part one, something like that. Uh, part three, watch it go. Yeah, I think it was on YouTube. Like, uh, I, I don't know if all of them are on YouTube, but I would love to watch all of them, actually. <laughs> okay, so if you can watch, like, uh, Pantera, I think it's Pantera 3, Watch It Go. Dime used to want to be a videographer. He wanted to make movies. So oh. everything that they did on the road, he taped. So they have all these videos that they put out of all their just nonsense. You know, like all the different, you know, antics they would do. Like, uh, like he used to love to bet gamble. You know what I mean? So, like he, like, he started those, like the vlogging before vlogging exists. Yeah, exactly. So he would be like, hey, man, I'll give you $500 if you drink this whole bottle of hot sauce. You know, you know, and would be doing stuff like that. And uh, he was just a character so there's all these hours of videos of like all this backstage stuff like he even has a video where all he he dedicates a whole section of it to individual roadies that are on the thing and all the hell he puts them through you know him throwing fireworks on him as they're sleeping you know blowing up stuff like crazy so you, you should really you should really check those out because yeah i'll check them out because like i i read about like some funny crazy stories on tour like how they at some point they were like in japan i think and they got like rejected from some hotels because they they like they ruined one hotel they put like cigarettes inside the lighting bulbs you know and stuff like that. they did some crazy things and apparently it wasn't even them, it was other, like they were touring with another band and the hotel called other hotels in the country, tell them like, hey, this band don't accept them. So I was like, yeah, yeah. they went well, crazy. They, they would make games of how hard you can break stuff. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that was what they would do, you know? Like yeah. were, the video, you should check the videos out. The one that I'm a big fan of is Watch It Go. And, uh, I don't I'm, see this one. It is, it is a good hey. one. Gosh, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> you know, because I've been reading a lot about his life, and now I'm like, gosh, but this person is no longer here. So it's, it's really, it can get to this point when you are attached he to lived, the story. He lived life to the fullest. Like he didn't leave any nook or cranny undone. He he just and he was he was just a good heart. 
You know what I mean? Even though I never got to meet him, like. Yeah, but the, the, I think the, those videos and pictures speak to themselves. When I see pictures of fans with him, I just like you can you can see that he is happy to take these pictures. Not like those bands were like, uh, okay, let's take faster pictures and go, you know. So that's why I was like, yeah, I, I need definitely to to add these pictures of fans just because it shows something, you know. And not not all the artists, especially of that size, are like this with the fans. Thank you so much for this conversation, for real. I appreciate and and the hate the hate that I'm afraid I'm going to get. Someone's going to be like, "Oh, you wanted to be famous off of it." And it's like, no, I don't even have a good story. You know what I mean? Like my story sucks. I like I tucked my tail. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand your fear, but like I, I face that as I am I am online as well, and I I know what you mean. But like the problem is like no matter how we justify to these people, if they set their minds to think that your intention is bad, they will always they would have thought that the fact you left a comment is something to get attention. For example, you know. So like no matter what you do, if somebody would think that, I think it's their mind they would like to judge and. There is really nothing you can do. Like, like just the simple fact for me, like I did the video, they were like, oh, you're trying to get attention and nah, nah, nah. so what can I do? I can tell them till tomorrow, I swear my intentions were good. They won't believe because they set their minds too, so. Yeah, but uh, also think about it. Like, you know, you took the time to make a video about how you felt, you know what I mean? Not, you didn't try, like I, I watched the video that you mm. did before, we did the interview yeah you know I, mean? I was like i need to judge whether or not i want to do it you know? yeah of course <laughs> but yeah i'm not gonna you know go blindly into this but you know i wanted to make sure you know that you had good intentions and that you weren't just somebody trying to grab some clickbait you know <laughs> and i was like okay i was like what, oh. what did you think about the the, the video like i thought it was well i thought it was well done somebody from another country you know, who's trying to investigate something that happened X many years ago. I'm not just saying like the incident at the Al Rosa, but you were trying to figure out the life of this guy, you know? So like you, you know, you did a really good job. I if it was me, I would have respect for somebody who's trying to know about somebody that I love. For example, my favorite artist is Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Like, I love that man for me is like, when he died, I was devastated. And that's probably why I kind of related a lot to this story. And I was like, I want to know what these fans feel. I want to know more about them because like my entire life stopped when Chester died. <laughs> you want to hear, hear a good story then? Here's my Lincoln Park story for you. Friends, we're standing out. The place that ministry played the night, the, uh, the, the thing at the Alrosa happened. Yeah. Uh, it's called the Newport. It's on High Street. It's right in the middle of Ohio State campus. Mm -hmm. Most of the bigger shows go there, you know, which I was surprised that Damage Plan didn't play there because that's still even not very big of a venue. It's, it's a decent size, but it's it's not, it's still a club. You know, it just happens to have an upper balcony, you know. So we're standing there in line waiting for a show to happen. Uh, I think we're seeing Disturbed, maybe. Uh, I, I can't I can't even remember who we were seeing, but uh, we're standing there and there's these guys hanging out at this light post, just kind of hanging out, whatever, you know, and we're standing there for like 45 minutes and this girl that we're with, uh, Rachel, she just turns and looks at him and goes, you guys in a band? 
And they're like, yeah, we're a hybrid theory. You know? <laughs> and we're sitting there talking to them for like, I don't know, another 20 minutes before the line starts moving. They're like, they weren't able to play because one of the people in the band, the bassist or somebody uh, wasn't able to play that night. So they, they ended up not playing. Six months later, we hear Lincoln Park on the, you know, radio. We're like, oh, who's this Lincoln Park? Their album Hybrid Theory. And we're like, man, that, isn't that the name of the band that you saw? Well, they used to be Hybrid Theory before they were Lincoln Park. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, so we were sitting there talking to them, and, and they. And here's the thing, though, is they're sitting there hanging out, just looking like they want someone to talk to. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> nobody knows who we are we're not playing tonight you know whatever and literally oh, this person looks at him and goes you like you want to talk to somebody you in a band they're like yeah we were supposed to play tonight yeah and we talked to <laughs> six months yeah. later they were huge yeah they rose to fame pretty quickly like yeah uh, it's true so, uh, i love this story gosh you met them before they even were known this is insane yeah. No, that's that's my bit. That's why, as I said, I think really, if I th I didn't think about it before saying it, but I think that's truly what maybe got me so into this story of Dimebag. Probably to just I'm like, gosh, these fans must have felt something similar, you know, or even like worse because this person was murdered and well, Chester died by suicide, and it's still it was like for me it was like nobody can talk to me now, you know, like we spent like I don't know how but it really was devastating for so many others so and i see now when i go online on, on social media and see the fans of them i feel like he has like a similar legacy uh or even like bigger but like because even for chester till the day just like dime bag they have like this dime bash right for dime for chester yeah. there are like other kind of events that happen also all the time and and there were communities that were born after after his death as well like the fan base became even stronger so yeah, that, that's, I think that's why I got really so into this story and I, I, I was like empathizing with everything, you know? So thank you for letting me know about also the, your hybrid theory story. <laughs> thank, thank you.